Hi, Sweet Pea. Hi, Mummy Bear. We're Sweet Pea and Bear, mother and daughter gardeners, world fanatics, and this is our Not Just a Garden podcast. Yeah. Each week, we're having a natter about the latest episode of Gardener's World, with Sweet Pea finding out a bit more about the plants, and I'm digging a bit deeper into the people and places mentioned in the visited gardens and your garden sections. Um, just a, a little heads up, we are recording this on a very blustery, rainy very. afternoon evening. <laughs> it's not um, the nicest day. A lot of noise, so you may hear the rain hammering on our window and the wind rattling our window frames. Yeah. Uh, but, so apologies for the background noise. Yeah. Also, we have our dog with us, as always, Hobsey, um, and she's no doubt going to introduce herself at some point. Probably. And also comment on anything else we're talking about she crumbles a lot when she's either satisfied or not satisfied she's got a lot to say yeah uh so before we talk about this episode what have we been up to sweet pea well one of the big things that we've been up to is we have been planning out our little pond area because we've decided we need a water feature in the garden well it's more that we need somewhere for the frogs to come and eat all the slugs and the veggie garden yeah (laughs) newts tadpoles everything yeah and just a nice bathing spot for insects yeah not for hobs and not for <laughs> and uh, i just know hobs is going to end up in there in the summer isn't she she's lying just... on her back feet in the air oh gosh she's gonna <laughs> she's gonna have spatchcocked on the water just going because that's we... what she seems to do with her legs she seems to like spatchcock them like a frog frogs will be leaping out of the way yeah all the beautiful insect life that's arrived yeah exactly that's the Bar the, the Hobbsy bit, that's the dream, is a, a wildlife pond full of all sorts of insects. We just want to attract them. We also want a little watering hole for hedgehogs. Yeah. Anything like that. So that's we've been, idea. we've found the spot of land, haven't we, where there's a natural dip and we have sort of put rocks around where we think we want it to go. Yeah. It seems to get bigger and bigger the more we it move does. the rocks around. Like, <laughs> First of all, I thought it was going to be only like by two metres by two metres and then next thing it gets a whole lot bigger. <laughs> it's getting pretty big. Um, and then we thought, well, we might as well start digging because yep. we've got a rough idea where it's going to be. We don't know the exact shape yet. We've got an idea where in the garden it's going to be Yeah. because we need a load of soil for our new veggie beds that we've built. Mm. Uh, they're raised beds and we need to now fill them, backfill them with some soil. So it we... seems to be really good soil in that patch that we've, we're digging for the pond, doesn't it? Yeah. A lot of worms. A lot of worms. It's also really nice and crumbly. It's it's mm. not too clear. I was worried it was going to be quite clay. I was as well, but it's really not bad, is it? Yeah. And of course, we'll be putting a nice layer of compost on top because, yeah. unfortunately, veg- veggies need that. We're going with the no-dig. All our Everything we do in the garden is the no-dig technique. Yep. So we'll be putting a layer of cardboard down, getting that nice and wet, and then some compost on top. And then we're going to leave it to rot for a bit. Yes, before we then... Which is why we're doing it now in February instead of later in the year so that we can get all the structure done. Yeah. And then we are sorted for veggies. Be ready for our veggies come spring. Yeah. Oh, gosh, I can't wait. So that's taking up a lot of our time. We talk a lot about our pond, don't we? We do talk a lot about (laughs) our pond. (laughs) So we're going to be looking at these... uh, One of the compilation ones. This is Garden as well, 2024 compilations, episode three. Yep. Um, and be- but before we jump into that one, I did want to just touch on a few of the things we talked about last week. Bit of housekeeping. A bit of housekeeping. Yes. <laughs> so um, last week we talked about the salvia porovskia, and this you talked about yeah, that, didn't the you? Russian sweetie? sage. And I asked you, is that any good in in frost? We weren't sure, so I had a look, and it does actually go down to minus minus fifteen degrees. So pretty good in frost. Um, the what should have given it away was when you gave me its common name, which is Russian salvia. Yep. And I'm guessing any plant that lives in Russia has to put up with some pretty frosty one, conditions. One would think. <laughs> so that's the salvia porovskia. Yes, it is hardy. It goes down to minus 15 degrees Celsius. We're talking there, of course. Oh, that's great. Um, we also talked about Carol Bruce's jewelry. You had a look at the webpage, didn't yes, you? Yes, I did because I was really interested. I love jewelry. I love making jewelry. It's a little side hobby of mine that I do enjoy a lot. And when I looked at her page, it had the most beautiful stuff. There were flout there were purple scabious earrings which looked used with beads, just different shaped beads. Looked exactly like a scabious. Exactly flower. like it. Exactly like it. And that's along with the you know, I said about the acorns, the blackberries she does with these little beads. Yeah. 
She, and so she does all sorts of different flowers. She does daisies, buttercups. Oh, they're scabious. just stunning. Uh, it's stunning. So really a good page to go to. So Sweet Pea's earmarked which things she'd like to save up for. <laughs> yep, I have officially got the piggy bank out. Also in Carol's garden, we talked about her delphiniums and how immaculately they were staked. Mm. Um, I went to have a look on her website to see if I could find out about the supports. She All she says is that, yes, she uses metal supports, and then she gives a link to a company where she gets them from. She doesn't say which, and this company has hundreds of different types of gardening supports, so she doesn't say which specific one. But the the website's plantsupports.co.uk and that seems to cover all support needs. So I'm sure we could find something there. Yeah. Um, whilst I was looking up about her delphiniums, I saw in her FAQ section um, how much her garden cost from start to finish. Oh no, I don't want to hear this. I don't think I want to hear this. No, you probably don't. How much? Hundred thousand pounds. Um, just one other thing i wanted to mention was in roman's section of last week roman and his wonderful treehouse yes can you hazard a guess sweet pea how many times we said the word broccoli within under a minute how many times do you think we said the word broccoli oh no 17 times 17 times (laughs) so that was a bit of a shock to hear back oh crikey right so shall we jump into this episode i think we shall so this is gardener's world 2023 or no gardener's world 2020 gardener's world okay wait a sec gardener's world (laughs) compilation 2023 episode three it's not it's gardener's world 2024 compilations episode three okay wait a sec it's gardener's world 2024 compilation episode three so first off we're with monty at long meadow mm-hmm. uh he's got ned with him being a sweetie always being very mischievous he's always got a slight twinkle in his eye and just like <laughs> i'm going to do something oh he's just so gorgeous yeah um monty was planting up some onions and that was it really in his section wasn't it i, ru- I find it rather therapeutic when he plants the plugs up the onion plugs up because when he puts them in, they're so perfectly done and you've got the mm. bulb just halfway out of the soil and it's just very therapeutic for me. It's like quite satisfying. And very neat lines, did you notice, Sweet Pea? Okay, I know that I got the lines slightly wiggly mm-hmm. and maybe one or two loop-de-loops in the veggie bed. But that's not my fault. <laughs> it's the seeds that went, I don't want to be here. <laughs> well, you want, I don't want to be here. <laughs> did, you, did you pick up any other plants in his section? Uh, I only picked up on blue forget-me-nots and orange gems, mainly because it's my favourite colour combination. Of course. Yeah. I saw, I saw some camassias and alliums and the forget-me-nots. Yeah. But then swiftly we went over to Arit, who was in West Sussex at Tupney Barn. Uh, this is a charity which brings together vulnerable people of all ages, and it's run by founder Maggie Haynes, who is just inspirational, isn't she? Quite an incredible woman. Got an amazing background, actually. Yeah, which they cut that from this episode. Yeah. In the original episode back in 2023, they kept this in. Just a brief description of her background, which is how she joined the army at 16, and she was in the intelligence corps for 21 years. And she said it taught her a lot about people and a lot about resilience. Which you can completely understand when you're in that environment, you're really pushed to your limits when it comes to emotions and everything. And then you're going to gardening where you're really kind of in a peaceful place Mm. where your emotions can almost go, okay, it's all going to be all right. Quite a contrast. It's quite a contrast, but also at the same time, they're both very much so linked together because one needs to help the other. Mm. So she set up Tupney Barn 17 years ago. She wanted to teach children about the environment and where their food comes from, those sorts of things. Yeah. Um, the plot needed a lot of work. It was a greenfield site. Now it's absolutely flourishing, isn't it? It, looks it was absolutely beautiful. Absolutely incredible. It was flourishing not just with plants, but with people as well. There were lots of people milling around. Yeah. There was a really good feel to it, wasn't there? Yeah. Arit like a said happy how, place. Yeah. Arit said how it was just utterly amazing. You completely were lifted off your feet as you Mm. walked in yeah so i mean in terms of plants throughout this episode it was more about community Mm. but community gardens really wasn't it yeah community initiatives more about the people yeah um so i mean in terms of plants they had veggies in abundance yeah they had everything 
They had all sorts. They had the lot. Uh, there was one section which was uh, two girls and they were preparing that rainbow salad. Oh, they were really funny. <laughs> so funny. Melissa and her friend, unfortunately, they never gave the name of her no. friend. But when asked who was the funny one, uh, her friend, <laughs> the friend pointed to Melissa and Melissa pointed to Melissa and said, I am. I am. Obviously. Obviously. <laughs> they were so funny. I thought it was the cutest little fem- friendship ever. They were lovely. They were just joyful. And they were making this rainbow salad and they had in it tomatoes and what looked like spinach. Um, I think it was courge- courgette. Yep. Might have made that up. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> tomatoes. I said that. And um, But they seemed to be picking some sort of flower and I wasn't sure what it was. Did you? I didn't know what it was either. Yeah. So I had a look online. I think it was marjoram flowers, sweet marjoram flowers. Oh, that's nice. To add to the salad. Uh, they said how they didn't know each other, but they become good friends through this. Yeah. Which is lovely. Um, and then they talked about some of their backgrounds and some of the pressures yeah. and challenges they have at home with family members and just general sort of family setup. So it, this is a very peaceful place for them to come. Isn't really it? peaceful. I must say, some of the stories like brought quite a tear to. I had. Like, I was. Yeah. I had tears in my eyes for a lot of this episode. Actually, a yeah. lot of these sections, I was either in awe of the people or felt a certain sadness about situations it's you know when they said there are 800,000 young carers under 18 in the UK I'm welling up a bit now to be honest yeah it's, um that's just blows my mind it does but then when you've got this beautiful happy environment that at least some of them can go to it's it just makes you happy and that's what there was the school family key worker Nikki Constable and that's what she said she said um you know, that it can make them feel quite isolated and alone as they, they don't know that there are other people going through the same thing as them. You can understand that. Uh, looking after family members and that sort of thing. So going to the garden helps relieve them of that stress. and Yeah. Just lovely. So lovely that they can use gardening for that. But gardens should be used for that. And it's why there are so many GPs which are now prescribing gardening. Yeah. It should be used for every every mental illness i feel like gardening can almost resolve it yeah well then that is mentioned about gps describing mm. gardening in, in yeah. the later one in bristol but we'll talk about that a bit later um there were a couple of kids making cheesy muffins oh i love those <laughs> they look good didn't they, they look really, sounded really good. good um so i uh, did you pick up on any of the plants or it was just really the people wasn't it on this one there, it was a lot about people. Of, uh, a few of the plants uh, were some pale yellow daisies, lavender, rocket, snapdragons, lots of those, which are really good for pollinators, actually. So I thought mm. we need to put those next to the veggie garden. We have them in the garden, but quite far from the veggies, don't we? Yeah, we do. So if we get them in the veggie garden, we should draw more pollinators over to courgettes. Yeah. I also thought saw what I thought was Lathyrus maticana, which oh, is... Okay. Uh, and a pinky crimson crimson purple sweet pea oh. and i saw that going up a lot of uh, kind of trellises and teepees and i thought it might be that variety they didn't yeah. specifically say it so they were pretty they had a lot of sweet peas don't take my word for it sweet pea yeah <laughs> and then there were some beautiful artichoke flowers some borage some echinacea and some sunflowers well, I had a look online to see what else I could find out about Tutney Barn. Yeah. Um, the, they sell their produce and it's all organic. So all their veggies are organic. Oh, Which lovely. I don't know if that was touched on, was it? No, that in, wasn't touched on. Piece. Um, they sell a lot of their flowers. They sell their organic veggies. Uh, they also have a Tutney Barn eco-cleaning range. So they'll have things like lemon and lime fizzing toilet bombs, lemon and rosemary vinegar spray, tea tree and lavender carpet freshener that sort of thing so all all organic and um, they also do a lot of events they have talks on various things they had one on talks on making uh, a talk on making honey Uh, they got art want to go to that one that would be good wouldn't it yeah art photography Um, and i did just see one other thing that sadly they were broken into in march last year 2023 oh and I mean, how disgraceful is that? The charity money was stolen. The offices were just trashed. That is just so, it just like, makes you sick. That? I mean, come it on now, does make you sick. But you know, they they've just pushed on through and come out stronger well and um, are doing a brilliant job still. So it hasn't deterred them. I think they're amazing. 
Back with Monty, he's growing some strawberries in pots, and then he rapidly lobs us over to Helen too. Yep. In her Grange Lane allotment in Dulwich. Asian garden. Yeah, and oh. with a great view as well. Well, she did mention the view a couple of times, I think, didn't she? Yeah. Uh, what an allotment. Amazing allotment. Absolutely ram-packed with everything. This was one where I didn't have enough time to get every single <laughs> yeah. vegetable. I was writing at high speed. Yep. So she's been waiting over seven years for this plot. So these long wait lists in the UK, especially around London. Oh, wow. Uh, she thought it would be a good thing for her mother-in-law to exercise. Yep. Um, her mother-in-law does a lot of digging. And then we cut to a view of her mother-in-law digging ferociously in these beds with all the strength you could imagine doing such an incredible job. She was doing it better than I do. I was just like, oh, my gosh. Uh, I would like a mother-in-law like that. Yeah. Uh, so Helen rattled through a load of the things that she was growing. What did you catch, sweet pea? Right, crikey, this is going to be amazing. So first of all, she talks about her shark fin melon, which was its speckledy. It was like a watermelon, but it was speckledy. Same kind of shape, maybe a little bit smaller, actually. It looked so healthy, didn't it? And she it had loads did. of them. Interesting, you don't want to have too rich a soil with this, because otherwise you get too much foliage. Oh, okay. And you want the fruit. She also had a chow chow vine, like you spell chow chow dog. Yep. Uh, which is also known as a coyote squash. I'm oh, not sure right. if I said that correctly. Uh, which is kind of like a pear-shaped fruit. And then it's a single-seeded cucurbit. Do you know what a cucurbit is? Yes, I do. What is it? <laughs> it's, a, it's kind of the family with the cucumbers and all, yep. the, all the others. Um, but it's single seeded so you just get this one seed at the end so you know how you're like oh don't worry if I get one fruit I get loads of seeds and then therefore I'll get loads of plants this thing one fruit one seed that's it that's it so you really need to make sure you grow it correctly and it's a high risk strategy of the plant as well isn't it very high risk that confident that it seeds do that well that it only needs to have one (laughs) it's not modest is it (laughs) You can eat the vine as well, can't you? Or you can eat the sort of tender tips of the vine as well as the fruit, she was saying. Oh, that's nice. And then she had her winter melon, mm-hmm. which is also called a wax gourd. Uh, and then she also had a bitter melon. Oh, wait, for the winter melon, I got Donggua. Oh, That's the Chinese name. I didn't hear oh, her say didn't... wax gourd, or did you look that No, no, that I up? looked that oh, up. Okay. That's another name for it, I think. So she gave the name Donggua. Donggua. Well, I think the winter melon's name is called a wax gourd. And then she had the bitter melon, and I really mm. want to grow this. This is the me- First of all, just looking at it, you're like, what's going on there? <laughs> it's it's amazing. She said it was good for stir-frying, didn't she? Yeah, really good for stir-frying. Beautiful, wrinkly skin. Actually quite medicinal, yeah. interestingly. I like, when I looked it up, I saw a lot of purposes being used for medicine. A lot of... Medicine purposes purposes oh gosh a lot of uses for medicine crikey (laughs) for medicinal purposes oh there you go a lot of uses for medicinal purposes a lot of medicinal purposes how anyway Uh, yeah medicinal yeah uh, she also had a cucumelon, which I have been wanting to grow. Yeah, and we were going to do that one year, and then I don't know where I heard it, maybe on a gardener's wild, or maybe not. But somewhere, someone's just, this is how easily influenced I am, one person said, oh, I don't like them that much, they're a bit bitter. Oh, well, do you know not what worth this the effort. did? They left them on the vine too long. Oh, is that what you happened? leave them on the vine too long, they get bitter. Oh, that's useful to know. So you want the young fruit, so... Don't leave it on the vine too long. Don't leave it on the vine. Yeah, so don't get influenced by one person. Uh, okay. <laughs> Did you get anything else from there? Oh my gosh. Did I you haven't the... even got halfway through my page. I had to turn the page and then I've got a whole extra page to do. Did you hear the bottle gourd she mentioned? Oh yes, that was a lovely one. And she also had a sand ginger. Yep. Which is actually kind of like a woodier, coarser texture than a normal one. But it has great flavour for curries and sauces. And she said she uses it as a mix with salt and to rub on chicken. Oh, you can imagine that's really nice. Mm. Can you imagine the flavour? She then also had a turmeric. Uh, then she had Vietnamese mint. Sorry, just on the turmeric. Did she say turmeric? And then I thought I heard her say, or yellow ginger. Is that perhaps another name? That might be. They this give is, turmeric, this which is I can understand. This is the point of me writing, having a slight heart attack. And having to skip to the next plant because I didn't have enough time to write the rest of the name down. Okay. So it's highly likely that she said that. 
Uh, but she had a Vietnamese mint, which she said was amazing in papaya salads. Oh, and that the made other me morning, salivate, the thought of that. Yeah, the other morning I was looking it up in bed and I just turned the laptop to you and I just saw you salivate and I was just like, oh my God, it's so good. <laughs> looks amazing. Um, which, like many plants, likes full sun, well-drained soil. So we could have that here easily and then has a peppery hot minty taste oh yummy so it's like between a spice a chili and a mint so that's rather nice uh then she had shiso leaves which is an aromatic herb now this was actually quite interesting you know how whenever you have sushi you have these kind of to be honest they look like nettled leaves on the side oh is that what they are they are shiso leaves that is very interesting used to separate things on a dish yeah uh, for sushi or su- uh sushimi sashimi sashimi oh um, that's what those nettle leaves are i think you can a- you can actually eat them with the with the sushi or whatever yeah. the dish we'll is. have to try them next time yeah i've always just discarded them I've left always, them to one side i always thought they were decoration yeah which is just really ignorant oh she so leaves she so leaves which now you think about it, seen them everywhere. Mm. Um, and then she had her Chinese celery, yeah. uh, which is kind of smaller than a normal celery. Uh, and then she had a Japanese pumpkin or kombucha, kombucha, or um, which is sweeter than butternut and denser than a traditional pumpkin. And then uh, though, oh, and then she had a morning glory, her sweet basil which obviously is amazing for pestos. And I'm actually going to try some in the garden this year for sweet basil. Oh, lovely. Because I want loads of pesto. Yeah. Loads of pesto. We'll freeze it all up. And I think that was all I got. Well, I think you covered everything. (laughs) Had to rattle Um, those off. Yeah. So I had a look to find out a bit more about her. Oh, well, actually, just one thing that she mentioned that... um, really resonated where she said one of her top tips is soaking banana skins in water to make fertilizer i was doing that for i think was it last year or the year before i was getting our banana skins and putting them in a jar yeah and then i would um pour them on a veggie bed yeah i think around the tomatoes i can't remember now i can't remember which veggie particularly liked it tomatoes do like they like comfrey nettle feed so they'll i'm sure they'll like the banana but i we have a great big tub left over from some of Hobbs's bones so we Ooh, could yeah, we use that for soaking so we can do a big vat really of it this time rather than a little jar yeah and I'll need another one for my nettles uh for your nettles as well oh, that would be good yeah we yeah need that would be really good for tomatoes so I couldn't find an awful lot out about Helen uh other than her involvement with these allotments Grange Lane allotments in Dulwich yeah um and I found I came across some meeting minutes <laughs> the annual it's amazing what you can find online the annual general meeting for the allotments i didn't go through it all but i did have a look at helen's bit where they talked about helen um and in the in the meeting notes they said we're we were approached by a film company in the summer that ended up using one of our allotments in a film advertising the cooperative society's community activities had around 40 people about 10 vehicles and they filmed young actors at work on our allotments for about five hours one afternoon and evening in the summer we also had gardeners world approach us looking for special and different plots and we suggested helen's plot 209 wow and then they said, we, we wish to thank Helen and her mother-in-law for their involvement and kind words. As we know, the filming took around four to five hours on the hottest day of the year. Are you serious? So that took four to five hours and we only saw about... Just a few minutes. We have a little minutes. section and, and it's quite an investment if Whoa. you're having a film done of your area, your garden. That's amazing. Yeah, because you really want to show the... You want to show as much as possible. She did incredibly well. She was a natural in front of the camera, four to five hours and on the hottest day of the year. Oh, my gosh. Um, Can't imagine it. They also have agreed they're going to allow shallow ponds in the allotments. That's nice. (laughs) She thought that's a lovely idea. You don't really think of ponds in allotments. No. Sounds a good plan. A nice water feature. Then we're back with Monty and he's potting up some ranunculus. Yes. 
Um, he mentioned two things about ranunculus that you need to know. They're tender, so won't handle any frost, and they need really good drainage to thrive, which is yeah. why he's doing it in pots. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and a plant name came up, and that was ranunculus asiaticus elegans viola. Yeah, and I thought I was... I felt really cocky because I was like, oh, yeah, I've managed to write that down super quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, in fact, I just wrote down Persian buttercup. Oh, well, that was the name, the common which name that they gave a it. Ranuncul- which is ranunculus. I thought, oh, yeah, that's... Ex- is that's Persian buttercup it- just the name for all ranunculus? Yep. Oh, okay. Well, well done. I felt really cocky thinking, ha-ha, <laughs> this is the type of ranunculus. And in fact, it was the writing above it. So elegance viola. Yes. Is this one. Yeah. Um, then we go to the first of your gardens and we meet Sandy, Byrne and Yvonne. And this is again a community garden. It's Westerfield Station Garden in Suffolk. Yeah. She saw an ad for the plot and decided to adopt it. Yeah is what she said it's a nice way of saying it it's part of the greater anglia adopter station scheme so i don't think there are many plants really to talk about here no just sweet peas wild flowers daisies nepeta catmint or catnip and rosemary oh she mentioned the nepeta actually didn't she i saw some euphorbia oh yeah that was nice uh so in 2019 she took on this station space after seeing an ad in the paper and they've created gardens to give passengers something nice to look at and a place for the wildlife. That's what she mentioned in the film. Yeah. And they did do, it was beautiful, wasn't it? I loved the dead hedge that they created using yeah, up all I, the old twigs. I thought it, when you think about it, as you're passing by on a train, like I'm going to be having my face squashed up against the window <laughs> yeah. trying to see, like at an angle at the window trying to see the garden for as long as possible well if you are wanting to see that one it's at platform two and it's on the Felixstowe branch line between Ipswich and Felixstowe okay right (laughs) I'm running there so uh what I found online she got the plotted land and clearance started at the end of March 2019 there was absolutely nothing there well there were just loads of nettles and brambles and all sorts you can imagine uh, and then the 30th of April, they started laying out the plants in grids mm. um, before being planted. And the plants were funded by Greater Anglia, the East Suffolk Lines Community Rail Partnerships Line Group East. <laughs> That's what it says. And some uh, plants from her garden. It says plants funded by Greater Anglia, the East Suffolk Lines Community Rail Partnerships Line Group East. And some Okie dokie, that's some, quite a mouthful. That's quite a mouthful. Some plants from my home garden. Uh, on the 3rd of June, they used 29 bags of bark, which they loaded onto wow. all the beds just to keep the moisture in and the weeds out. That's a lot of bags of bark. So that was the process of building it. Wow. She had quite a success last year. In August 2023, she won a prize. So this large wildlife-friendly garden that they had developed at the station... It's been named the Bees Needs Champions Wow! by the government's Department for Food and Rural Affairs, which is DEFRA. So there's obviously this prize given out, I'm guessing, once a year called the Bees Needs. That's a really cool award, actually. <laughs> I like the name of it. I really like it. Uh, so obviously she attracted enough in the way of buzzy things and won that award. So well done to Sandy. Then we're over in the shady garden at Long Meadow with Monty and he's putting some hydrangeas into pots for either side of that bench there against that beautiful red brick wall. An amazing background for the plants. Just beautiful, isn't it? I wish it? we had it. And he names the hydrangea, Hydrangea Quirkifolia Munchkin. Yep. And then he drop kicks us over to John Bassam. Drop kicks us. Drop, <laughs> drop kicks us over. Uh, and John is with his border collie, Jack. And they live at the historic tram depot in Clapton, East London. I love how he named Jack as very much so part of the family, very much so there. And I would have done the same with Hobbs. Yeah. Oh, Jack was gorgeous. He called him at one point a spinning border collie because he does do that thing that some... some <laughs> but it's only border collies I think I've ever seen do that. I'm really? sure other dogs do as well. Just this mental spinning thing they do. And he talked about how the watering system, mm. when he's high up on ladders trying to water the top yes. basket... Focus job. F- very focused job. <laughs> Can you imagine, like... Oh my, oh crikey. Well, he's up those ladders and then his point was he's got a spinning border collie below him. Yeah, so he's got... It's quite precarious. A dizzy thing down below. (laughs) So he mentions a whole load of plants. What did you pick up on, Sweet Pea? Blimey, did he mention a lot of plants. Sure did. 
So we had a monster. First of all, he showed a monstera, which was hanging high up in a basket. And then he showed the air roots coming all the way down to the bottom. And then they just stopped at the ground. So it looked like a tree, a really tall, perfectly Mm. straight trunk of a tree. And then you got your monstera leaves. It was amazing, wasn't it? I found it quite alien. It it was really alien. Like it, I could have imagined that in Interstellar, yeah, or something like that. <laughs> I was just like looking that. at it, going, "Okey dokey, that isn't quite meant to happen." <laughs> yeah. um, then he also showed us his fishbone cactus, uh, which actually has quite funny oval kiwi fruits, and you don't really think oh, really? about what the fruit or the flower might look like. And I looked it up, and I. They were like little oval, almost like a cucumelon shape. Because this is the cactus that he said flowered every October, didn't he? It had these um, beautiful scented yellow flowers. Yes, he did say about that. But I didn't know about the fruit. No. I don't know if he mentioned it. It's is quite a funny looking little fruit. How amazing. Then he also talked about his trad... trad sorry. Tradesca- <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh... It's usually me who's fumbling over these. I know. Tradescantia? Thank you. Tradescantia. <laughs> or spiderwort. That's an easier name to say. Or inch plant. Or inch plant, Because it yes. grows so rapidly. And Yeah, exactly. And it's got its variegated purple or green uh, leaves. And then, actually, it has a three-petaled flower, which you can get in whites, pinks, purples, oh, wow. or blues, actually. Amazing. So you've got quite a few different varieties. And plus the foliage is colourful, which you don't always get on a lot of plants. No. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. He also had an oxalis, which um, oh, that was beautiful. looked like purple butterflies, which he talked about in the morning, how they are still shut, and then bit by bit they open. The leaves. They look almost closed, like a clover. Aren't they? He said it's like a butterfly. They open in the mornings as the sun comes up. Yeah, exactly. Um, And he also had a spotted begonia or begonian maculata. Yeah. Which unfortunately can't go below 15 degrees Celsius. So 15. Yeah, 15. Did he mention that? No, he didn't. 15 degrees? 60 Fahrenheit or 15 degrees Celsius. So he's always got to have his home above 15 degrees. Must be, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and then he talked about how he set, had mind your own business around the best yeah. of the pots, which is also called Baby Tears. Oh, that's nice. It's rather cute. That's a lovely name. Better yeah. than mind your own business. <laughs> it's actually, yeah, it's it's interesting going from Baby Tears, mind your own business, and then hear that it could get slightly invasive. If yeah, you but in pots, pots, I like that idea to have it covering mm. the soil. Oh, very much so. And then he had, I think that was it, actually. Yeah, I don't think I got anything else. Spider plants were in there. Yeah, his spider plants were the best. I'm looking at mine just across the room, actually going, I'm sorry, pal, I haven't done enough for you. (laughs) Yeah, that one's not looking great, is it? But I need to pot that up. That's in too small a pot. Yeah, way too small a pot. We haven't had any spider plant babies for a long time, have we? No, I I haven't had a single spider plant baby. I really want a spider No, I haven't had a single one. We're obviously not treating them right. No. We'll focus on that some other time. I'm very sorry. <laughs> uh, so then I looked up a bit more about John, and he. there are lots of articles on him, because his home, he really played it down, is an incredible studio that is advertised online, and a lot of fashion shoots take place there. His mother was a very keen gardener, so he was interested in gardening, but then lost interest in it for about 15 years um, when he was an interior designer. Well, that's interesting. But this his studio is not just what we saw. There's also a lovely outdoor area. He's got these two beautiful tree ferns. Um, what are they called? Yeah, tree ferns. Tree ferns, yeah. Um, and he's got lots of pots outside. Everything is very artistic. And when you look online, lots of Instagram influencers have taken photos of themselves sitting Ooh, I can in his, in his uh, studio. <laughs> it so, was stunning. Like it almost was like a picture and I almost didn't want to touch anything in there. I didn't want to make it unperf- imperfect. Yeah. You see what I mean? I mean, it really was perfect, it wasn't was it? It was stunning. So he has a lot of young fruit trees outside, willow, laurel. Ooh, that's nice. Hydrangeas. 
Um, he was asked in an interview what his most expensive plant was. He said most of his plants are from cuttings or have been gifted to him, so he's never really spent too much money. But it was those tree ferns where he spent about eighty to hundred pounds. And he said to spend eighty to hundred pounds on plants you could potentially kill. I had to think about it. Yeah, you can, you can <laughs> I imagine. like that sort of glass half empty attitude. Yeah, you've really got to think <laughs> about it towards them surviving. Yeah, he gets a lot of his plants at Columbia Road Flower Market. And one of the things I thought was interesting was the use of terracotta pots. And he did touch on it briefly in his little film on Gardener's World, where he gets terracotta pots because, you know, he's got so many pots and it gets expensive. So he said he paints them with emulsion. He says that on the film, but in this interview, he said he used to paint them with emulsion, but that it just immediately came off. So he now uses gloss paint to keep it on. Um, if he's had problems with vine weevils, oh. which he which he said in his interview, you know, naturally you're going to have this problem, which I didn't think of. Um, so he treats those with nematodes, and then the other problem that he's come across is cat poo in his pots. Not unlike our problem with our pots that we had our tulips <gasps> dug up from, we oh. had cat poo in, which is a real problem. But what he does is he remedies that by putting big white pebbles on the tops of his his pots yep. but obviously we can't do that if we've got poor tulip bulbs trying to come through yeah unfortunately but i can imagine big white pebbles would look very pretty yeah anyway it's worth having a look online and and seeing beautiful images of his incredible studio it's absolutely stunning then we're briefly with monty uh i just saw a couple of plants there did you see anything at that point so there's agapanthus that beautiful cream scabious i said oh, oh what's yes. that you saw it's a scabious yeah lovely scabious that was pretty i don't think mm. i've seen a cream one before no i haven't and then uh i think i saw some daylilies but we swiftly went over to toxteth in liverpool yep. with toby and he was visiting lovely toby lovely toby who we absolutely adore he was visiting a place called granby four streets and what it was basically it was these streets with these old victorian terraced houses um, and a lot of them were shuttered off and the, they were just becoming dilapidated. So a big project was set up um, to plant out the fronts, to put a load of greenery in. And anything that was looking boarded up or a bit shattered, they painted and made it look pretty. Regenerate them almost. Re- regenerate. Um, so they, they were, it was less about the plants, more about the people. Um, yeah, a so, big, big big thing about the people big thing about the people um i saw some plants there did you pick up on any well uh i picked up on the broad beans oh that hazel talked about this right at the beginning hazel tilly yes she's been living there for 30 years and she's part of the collection of residents mm. who do the gardening yeah um and she said that they started the gardening around 16 17 years ago and that was it when toby said so what was the first plant can you remember what the first plant was that went in and without blinking an eye she just immediately said broad beans broad all, beans. Yeah, all along absolutely. the railings yeah <laughs> Yeah, completely. And I thought that was a really nice idea because I love the flowers. You can get some really pretty flowers, really actually. Really pretty flowers, yeah. And then you have a beautiful pods, which mm. then obviously you can harvest. So yeah. It's kind of a good all-rounder. She was lovely. Yeah. Uh, she said, when he asked, Toby asked if she considers herself a gardener, she said, we try things out. If it works, we do it again. Yeah. <laughs> And then Toby just said, like all of us. It's a good good philosophy, I think. Really good philosophy. Uh, she said, I play with plants and soil and sometimes it's successful. Yeah, very <laughs> much so what we do. <laughs> uh, some of the plants I saw, it was, there was a brief image of lavender against the black railings, which I always think Ooh, is a nice juxtaposition, that, isn't it? You really yeah. like, you've actually warmed to black backgrounds, having like a I dark have, yeah. black uh, uh, fence, fence panelling. Walls. Or, iron bars or anything because it's such a beautiful background and it really kind of helps lift it does all sorts of surprisingly yeah Yeah, but i do i love the black railings with the purple lavender such a pretty um combination yeah i think there was some yellow hypericum oh i didn't spot those i saw some pink valerian just because i love pink valerian so i'll always spot that yeah foxgloves there were some buddleias marigolds all it, sorts of colours. It was stunning. Every, even the back streets and even the back alleyways wow, were yeah. stunning. That's right. And we were taken around 
to the back alley, as it yeah. were, by to- Toby. And there was Liz and Paul, who he met with. They were oh, a funny they were couple. really funny. <laughs> I loved how um, endearing Paul was. And he was just like, I said she could uh, put a few out the back. And the next thing, it just <laughs> builds up. And you know what it's like. It's just like, oh, I'll put one. Okay, now it's going to be two. And it just goes from there. He said... Uh, it was just it was just going to be a few plants but they kept coming yeah exactly uh, but they cleared out this back alley which was full of all sorts of mm. mattresses they had to clear it all out um but now it's this beautiful little haven they're often out there at 11 o'clock at night they put chairs out they encourage all the the residents to open their back gates to come and use that alley so they put chairs out for everyone to come and sit there oh that's so lovely it's just another little sanctuary that they've created it was beautiful and you had greenery up both sides of this alleyway. Yeah. It was, I really, really loved it. Yeah. I loved everything about this segment. Yeah. Uh, Granby Four Streets, what an incredible setup they've got. Mm. Then the Pièce de la Résistance uh, was the Granby Winter Garden. This was amazing. This was actually where I got most of the plants mm. uh, because we talked about this 25-foot Himalayan birch. Incredible. It was enormous. And I'll let you talk a bit about kind of what this winter garden is. But there were also begonias, ferns, tree ferns. Oh, yeah. And so it was this proper kind of foliage haven, I'm going to call it. It was like a conservatory, really, wasn't it? A really large botanical conservatory almost. I loved it. Um, Yeah, so they said that it was a couple of the houses that weren't in good enough state to renovate. So they decided to clear out the floors and just create one big open space up to the top glass yeah. roof to it yeah and just created another incredible sanctuary a completely different to for example the the alleyway and the front gardens but just equally spectacular equally beautiful yeah it was like a tropical glass house wasn't it in the middle it of was, Liverpool? it was it was really lovely and actually it felt quite warm and cozy in there because it had these beautiful red brick walls and mm. you had the sunlight coming in. It was beautifully done. Yeah. Really sympathetically done as well to the, the, the mm. building that remained. Yeah. So I had a look online to find out a bit more about Granby Four Streets. Um, Hazel had mentioned how they're now wait lists to move to that area because yes. everyone wants to live there. Quite um, Good. I, I mean, you can completely understand it, can't you? I would want to live there. I would want to live there. I can't understand why you wouldn't want to live there if you want to be within a community. It's just how fantastic. And everyone seems to be really working together. On their website, they talk about their vision of the street being full of plants, being one of the greenest areas in Liverpool. Yeah. Um, they wanted to keep it architecturally rich, so being sympathetic to the, the Victorian buildings, using mm. modern architecture as well. Um and with all the renovations that we're doing and they have they also have a very thriving multicultural multiracial community um and another one of their visions is to be sociable safe and a a, a welcoming space that's so lovely can you really imagine wonderful. going to live there you would have no problems you'd feel so safe so safe and and as we always say you know just to have some green space like that even in a built up city yeah, it's amazing oh just incredible yeah. they they also have a street market um every month on the first sunday oh that would be, can you imagine how much fun that would be amazing and how beautiful yeah. it would be as well so they've got a fantastic website i'll put the details in the details of this podcast at, um underneath the podcast you can get details <laughs> i'll be putting links in and i'll put a link to this because it's a very well structured website as well everything they do there's really done to a, a fantastic wow. level of quality so yeah really lovely to see that back with monty and when his wildlife garden he says ponds are essential as are trees so what did we do we started digging a pond exactly <laughs> Not that we hang off Monty's every word. No, but... <laughs> not like we're just rushing out the door going, right, pause. <laughs> Monty's pause dig a well. pond. <laughs> We've got to dig a pond. <laughs> Couple of plants that he was putting in the ground. Did you get their names? Yes, yeah, so I had the Lyartris, pretty purple spires. Which you said before he even mentioned it. I'm so impressed at how you're learning all these plant names, Sweet Pea. It, it's a rather lovely one that we actually have in the garden. Yeah. And I really like it. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. He described it as a bit bottle brushy, but I like the bottle brushiness. Oh, I, I, I actually try and look for plants sometimes that look like bottle brushes. Yeah. I just find it quite an unusual shape. They thrive in our garden, actually, they don't do. they? So they obviously don't mind drought and 
lack of water. Yeah, that's really nice. And also butterflies, bees love them as well. Mm. And then he also had his September charm, Japanese anemone. That was a pale pink, very pretty anemone. Very pretty. Then we went straight over to Donna Harvey Bailey in Staffordshire. Yes. And she was making these twig cages for fluff and fleece. For the garden birds in the most perfect beautiful shed oh, i think goodness I've goodness me the most incredible potting shed everything it was amazing everything looked like a show home it, it, i mean that in the nicest possible way yeah, it was obviously, obviously a, a working home but it just was so perfect did you see the table it was beautiful did you see the table did you see the side cabinet did you see the tiles i did mean you see the everything. pots did you see donna's jumper did, yes i saw donna's <laughs> jumper <laughs> I loved her jumper. I was like, I need to get the same jumper. Please, Donna, please tell where me where you got Where did she get her jumper? jumper? It was amazing. It was so cool. It had rainbows going down the sleeves. I thought I'd gone to heaven and come back again. It and it was navy, wasn't it? It was navy. It was navy with rainbows. I don't want poor Donna's section to just be about her jumper, but we really did love her jumper. For me, it was about the jumper. <laughs> I need to try and find out where that's from somehow. Yeah. Um, she, yeah, so... Oh, and that was the other thing. Her that amazing central bench in her potting shed. Yeah, I looked that up. That's a three hundred year old oak tree from their farm. Wow, you're kidding me! And they've made that into the most beautiful polished table. Well, so Donna and family have an incredible garden. It's absolutely vast, and it seems to have all different sorts of sections. It's got an epic greenhouse, one of those which has the coal frames attached. You know, wow. quite sort of big and Victorian looking. Oh, I'm going to get jealous. <laughs> um, and if you look online, you can see every part of her garden looks immaculate. She's got an immaculate veggie garden. She's got immaculate topiary and down this sort of long path and another part with very formal lawns. She's got what looks like a woodland area. But she actually is on um, part of the National Garden Scheme. So her garden is open this summer. I would love to go see her garden. So you want me to take you to Staffordshire now? Yes. <laughs> for the oh. 29th or 30th of June, which we'll, is when hers is open. We'll do a tour of England because... I love seeing different types of gardens. I love seeing the informal ones. I love seeing the formal ones. Because yeah. they've all... There's a place for every single one of them. That's one humdinger of a road trip that we're going to be doing. Yes, we're going to be driving a lot. Beep, beep. <laughs> beep, beep, beep. Her garden is called Hammerwich House Farm in Hammerwich, Burntwood, which is just north of Birmingham. Oh, Okay. Then we're briefly back with Monty and he's in his section of grass, which he's let grow for the wildlife. Mm -hmm. And um, he's now mowing it and then raking it, getting it ready for sowing some wildflower seeds. Exactly. And then we go over to Joe in Bristol. And this is a a big section, segment. Really big section. Um, Lots of uh, communities involved in this one. Yes, a succession of communities which are all helping each other out. And all linked together. All linked together. So the catalyst is Blaze Nursery. Mm. They, during, in 2020, during the lockdowns, they had over 10,000 plants which were just going to go to waste because obviously they were forced to close. Can you imagine, like, not just having all those plants and not knowing no, what to do with awful. them. awful. So they decided to give them away. And this was headed up by Rod Pooley, who runs Blaze Nursery. Um, he took the initiative to do this with the plants rather than dump them. Great he idea. Got in con- uh, fantastic, wasn't it? Got in contact with Ella Foreman from Bristol City Council. Um, and the aim was to get as much food out to people, to food banks, to communities so that they could grow them on, harvest them and feed people essentially yeah uh so he took all those plants over each may they do that they've continued doing this ever since wow um so he he um contributes plants to these various places uh as plug plants and they deliver them to allotments and community groups the first one that we went to actually see was golden hill allotments and community garden and that's just one of 60 groups that's supported by the nursery that's all in bristol which is quite amazing really amazing also can you imagine as someone who has an allotment getting all these free plug uh, plants plug plants I think I might go to heaven and back. Absolute dream. It's an absolute dream. Please come and give me plug plants. (laughs) Give us your plug plants. Yeah. Um, And then, so we're at the Golden Hill allotments. Um, Joe is there nibbling on the rocket. Yep. And then he takes a wheelbarrow load of 
uh, produce over and beautiful produce. Beautiful. His wheelbarrow was absolutely chocker, wasn't it? And it, it didn't just have uh, vegetables; it had berries, it had currants, it had mm. chard, it had spinach. It was beautiful. I loved it. Just beautiful. He mm. took that round the corner to Ardog Community Trust, uh, where he met up with Alison, and uh, she said that once a week on Tuesdays, that food is distributed, and they're helping around fifteen hundred people a week. It's really a quite week, something. Which is amazing. Uh, they said also people who've got their allotments or veggie gardens when they get a glut of rhubarb, for example, can't eat it all themselves, they can bring that over and that gets distributed as well. Yeah. Um, Joe spoke to Steve Galpin, who's a lead volunteer gardener, and he brought up the thing that we touched on earlier about GPs. Yeah, prescribing pres- gardening. Prescribing gardening. And this is just, I, I remember hearing this, I think, beginning of last year possibly the year before um there was a doctor on on gardener's world there was a doctor in his inner city london garden yes and he was talking from the point of view of a of a doctor how important gardening is and how he prescribes it to a lot of his patients and it's wonderful to hear that this the word is spreading more and more Mm. rather than medication you go down the route of doing something like this and it's really taking an interest in human health and the side effects of having gardening if that's kind of like it's not quite the right term but it's the fact that well, the gardening positive benefits the positive gardening. benefits of gardening not just on the mental health but just almost like physicality and also just everything it gets your brain moving mm. it gets it's gets you moving gets you moving yeah you feel great like after a day of gardening I come inside and I just feel great. Yeah. And then there's also the whole thing with touching soil. Yeah. That's meant to be amazing, which it is amazing. I'm, yeah. I remember putting compost on the beds and just going, this is the best thing ever. For <laughs> yeah. me, it looked like <laughs> chocolate cake. Chocolate don't tell cake. me. Yes. But, you come um, down to it still cake. looks amazing. Like the most satisfying thing, I think, in gardening is putting a layer of compost down and it looks perfect lovely compost ready for planting yeah but the other thing that's so good for your mental health with gardening is that the hope Mm. you plant a seed and you you want to be around to see that grow you've got something that you're nurturing and bringing to sort of full size even more so when you think about planting trees yeah you're doing that for the next generation so there's real hope involved in in that real hope that's a very positive emotion yeah so that was lovely to hear from Steve about that. Um, and then Toby makes another delivery, and this time it's to The Vench, which is an after-school gardening and cooking club. The- well, actually, The Vench is a, I've looked up as an adventure playground. It's an adventure playground youth and community centre, but they have this uh, gardening and cooking club as well. Can you imagine how short a mileage all that <laughs> yeah. food has had? It's just gone from there to there to there. Yeah. There's nothing else. Purely feet involved no petrol (laughs) yeah um and he meets megan and megan's teaching the the kids the importance of eating and what they grow um so uh, did you pick up on anything else on that one it was less plants again unfortunately it was more about Mm. the people and the love and also just seeing the children having so much fun getting the plants then figuring out how to cook food with them and then we had the kale chips those huge kale chips that was biggest leaves of kale i've seen but they yeah they were getting those all ready to toast toast roast in the oven toast roast yeah or you can put them in a dehydrator yeah i'm not sure which one works best but we'll see oh i want kale chips now yeah we have got some (laughs) kale in the garden so i'm gonna try and get those in that would be nice uh, so I looked up just on the the Blaze Nursery is uh, still going strong, still providing to the community. Still, Brilliant. also you can go to Blaze Nursery and buy plants. Great, they've got a little cafe there. Again, I'll put details in the podcast description. Golden Hill Community Gardens. This is around two thousand square meters, and they have over forty raised beds growing veg and flowers. Whoa! And they have two polytunnels, so big old space. That puts our veggie garden. Shame a bit, just a little bit. It's fun. Like, if you look at their website, it's rather fun because they there's quite a jokey vibe to how they write. It's not all serious. And, oh, sweet. Um, they um, built a bale house, which they have for indoor stuff. Yeah. So it's a proper building using straw bales. Oh, that's cool. Um, and they run toddler groups there. But their pride and joy 
seems to be their composting toilet and you know I'm all about composting toilets. These are really cool. Mm. I do like a composting toilet. If they were more accepted mm. in society, I would have a composting toilet in our house. But when you have like the proper... That you can have composting toilets which have um, which are split into four, or kind um, of into segments like a cake. And segments, and then it it turns to the next turns segment. Round. Well, That's so this nice. one, I what I'm gathering is they you get different types of composting toilets, but they're they're having to sort of move it to another segment, something like that. Anyway, they they give a little diary of the first couple, the couple of. A diary of people going and going, yes. I'm not sure about this. <laughs> not even that, it's just just um, whoever writes their blog is very funny. There's a lot of wit in it, it did make me chuckle. Um, but she or he gave a description of how they installed it and then how they would move it and then how they dealt with all the toddlers going for a pee in there. Oh, so they had to use, because you put sawdust on top after you've yeah. done your business. And yeah. because of all the little toddlers, a lot of bladders being emptied, they had to use a lot more sawdust. A lot more sawdust. So that it was filling up more quickly than they had anticipated. Can you imagine the toilets going, I don't know why it's filling up so quickly. <laughs> I've never imagined a toilet saying that. No, the toddlers. Oh, why did you think I was calling the toilet I going, thought you I were... have never filled up so quickly. You have no idea. This has been so difficult for me today. I thought you were dramatising the toilet. No, I'm not dramatising the toilet. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm, I'm back with you. So the toddlers are the thinking toddlers that. The toddlers going, I don't know why it's filling up so much. Yeah, I'm sure it's a great concern for toddlers. Great concern. I think they've got too many other important things to worry about. They're brains are firing and all cinemas <laughs> but what i really like is that they even intend to use the byproduct shall we say as fertilizer for their beds <laughs> but they have stipulated don't worry we're not going to put it on the veggie beds we're going to put it on just the flower beds oh, okay uh, but great so that's all getting reused that's nice. that is actually, <laughs> Re- repurposed I, i'm i'm all right with that on the flower beds so. i'm all right with it because i might great. even be all right with it on the veggie beds because it's after a number of years i think the process it's not a quick oh, yeah, process so when it's composted. really broken down i think at the end of it i mean you're happy to put um horse manure on your beds but horses don't eat meat cow manure yeah really? but it's still a it's byproduct of said horse or cow it's <laughs> just a byproduct <laughs> of a toddler still a byproduct <laughs> of a toddler so you would accept any toddlers who are vegetarians, you would accept. <laughs> You're making me sound uh, omnivorous. No. <laughs> omnivorous. I think it's an interesting concept. Concept. I think so, yeah, very interesting. <laughs> anyway, we'll move on swiftly. Our Dog Community Trust, that's a charity run by local volunteers. That's the one where Alison was chatting to Joe. Oh, yes. Uh, they have a community cafe, tennis courts, which you can hire, and a lovely indoor and outdoor space for hire for birthday parties, that sort of thing. Cool. Um, sort of place I used to take you when you were little, actually, for your birthday parties. I remember doing a lot of birthday par- parties in kind of gardens. And yeah. It's a lot of fun. And hall, community halls. Yeah. Uh, they run a lot of events as well, such as Tai Chi. Got a lot of kids' clubs, of course. And then they have a club called Cook, Chop and Chat, which is rather, I thought that was rather that lovely. That sounds so really cool. Turn up, do some cooking if you're not that competent in the kitchen. Or if you just don't have many people around you and want to be a bit sociable. Yeah. It's a great way of doing it over something to cook. Sounds great. Chop and chat. And then finally, they have a repair cafe, which, um, you know, do you remember our friend Andy? He What did he have that he needed to take to a repair cafe? He had a... Wasn't it a blender? A blender, yeah. A, a kitchen blender. And um, so he took it off to this repair cafe and they turned it off and on again, didn't they? <laughs> well, he just hadn't flicked on the right switch. <laughs> it was like the simplest thing to do and he just... And Andrew's really techy as well. Like he knows really all things techy. tech. He's always helping me with tech stuff or like yeah. musical instruments and all that gear. And yet he had to flick a switch. <laughs> Just need to turn it off and on again. Yeah. Happens to the best of us. And then finally, the Vench. So that's the one where Megan was teaching the kids about food. Um, apparently that was built on waste ground and opened in 1972 by John Cleese. I don't suppose you know who John Cleese is. 
no idea. <laughs> he was... Uh... Do you know, I'm not going to go into detail about John Cleese. <laughs> he was a comedian from my day, anyway. Oh! Uh, and the Venture is a, an adventure playground, as I touched on earlier. It's a youth and community centre, and it's run by the charity Groundwork South. Beautiful adventure playground and beautiful indoor space as well. Very sort of bright colours and beautifully painted. So some lovely community... Um, trusts and gardens and all sorts there in Bristol benefiting from the Blaze Nursery all benefiting from there and then finally for this week we meet the three sisters uh, and this was looking back at all because they've had a lot of little slots haven't they through 2023 I've really enjoyed whenever I've seen them it brings me so much joy so they introduce themselves and Mandy says I'm Mandy Kirsty says, I'm head gardener. And Rebecca says, I love Michael Jackson. (laughs) I absolutely loved that. It was just perfect. They all had their little thing to say. Oh, and then they do the the characteristic, ta-da! Yeah. It's a sort of bittersweet one, this one, because we all know the very sad news, know the sad news about Becky dying in October last year, 2023. So really, really sad to... To, well, sad to know that, and also it was tinged with the sadness, knowing mm. that that's the um, the situation now. And this little slot was a kind of homage to mm. Becky, and I thought it was it was a very sweet one because they showed these really lovely moments with Becky and Kirsty and Mandy in the garden. Do you remember Becky was watering in the greenhouse, I think, and then she, she gets do- distracted, so she starts moonwalking. She starts, but she did it really well. That was a pretty she was just... nifty moonwalk, wasn't it? <laughs> it reminded me of me, actually, when sometimes I'm eating and then I get distracted with you do a little dance and I start dancing yeah. whilst having food in my mouth. little upper body dance and so happens. I completely understood Becky doing that. I was just like, yep. I'm with you. You've done that from a toddler. Mm. In your high chair, you would eat and then your upper body would do a little dance. <laughs> um, they, uh, Mandy's showing Becky some asters. Yeah. And she says, oh, Asta like the shop. And Mandy says, no, not Asta. Not Asta like the shop. Asta. <laughs> it was oh, really asters. sweet. And then you had um, Kirsty head gardener showing... Um, making a beautiful fairy garden. Oh, that was so sweet, wasn't it? That was really, really sweet. Oh, it was just gorgeous and just melted my heart when Kirsty says, surprise, darling. Oh, oh my goodness And when me. they give each other the most gorgeous The biggest hug. bear hug. Oh, look, I'm welling up again. Yeah. Um, the biggest thing for me from this is I truly hope that Mandy and Kirsty continue showing their garden. I hope they do because... They bring a lot of joy, don't they? They bring so much joy. So that was Gardener's World 2024 Compilations, Episode 3. Yeah. I said it right. We got it right first time. (laughs) First time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So we have... I've put descriptions in in the description of the podcast i've put links to all the places the community gardens that we mention mm-hmm. um and to any of the people involved in in this week's episode nice uh, so you can check that out there and also if you want to see more about the plants that we noted uh you can find that on our instagram page yes so like we always do we'd like to have a look at favorite plant and top takeaway exactly so what was your favorite plant sweet pea my favourite plant was actually the shiso leaves in oh, Helen's that's garden a good one. Because I have never understood what they are on my sushi plates and I think they're really, really cool, so I'm going to be trying that out next time. Yeah, that's that's a good one, actually. Oh, uh, now you've made me think, because I was going to go with um, the purple oxalis at John Bassam's place. Oh, yeah, that was... studio. You were quite taken aback by that, weren't you? I thought it was gorgeous, and I like the idea of if you get up early enough, you can see it opening up. Yeah. Like a butterfly. Uh, but now you've mentioned Helen's garden, or something from Helen's mm. allotment. Hers was I re- so interesting. So interesting. There's lots of really unusual stuff. And so the shark fin melon yeah, was really interesting. Yeah, that was a really cool one. Yeah. So you might have to look into that because it'd be fun, wouldn't it, to be able to grow that. I wonder where she gets her seeds from. Oh, that is a good question, actually. We didn't even think about that, did we? Nope. Um, right, so top takeaway. My top takeaway 
is not to listen to one person on the internet saying <laughs> about cucumbers cucumber. are bitter. That's really like slightly annoyed me that that's why we are not growing cucumbers. I really like cucumbers. Oh no, I thought I'd managed to glaze over that quite quickly, but you, you just... obviously picked up on how influenced I am. Yes. By one person. One person? We will try cucumelons. Now we've got a bigger veggie garden, we have more space. I don't mind a little section having cucumelons. I'm just having a little victory dance in the corner. (laughs) You are. Cucumelons. Yes. And you just take them off the vine nice and early so that they're not bitter. Got it. What was your... My top takeaway? Well, I suppose the the banana skins are putting on your bed soaking that in water and using it as a fertilizer yeah i like that idea yeah but i don't know if it counts as a top takeaway i just want donna's jumper so (laughs) i'm I'm not i'm gonna make it my mission to find out where that's from i don't know how or top need donna's jumper (laughs) i don't even know if it's a top need i've got enough jumpers it's a top i'd like to have top would like to have (laughs) Top would like to have. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, right. Well, I think it's our dinner time. It's supper time. So we should get cracking with that. Yeah. As I said, you can find links to everything we talked about in the podcast description. Um, if you're interested in this, please do like and subscribe. And yeah. uh, we shall look forward to chatting again next week. And give a big thumbs up. So I shall say bye bye, sweepy. Bye, bye, mummy bear.